Fielders for 2022 in Major League Baseball. This is going to be an absolute hammer of a just baseball show. That's Arm Layden. I'm Peter Apple. But Arm, before we get into the top 10 outfielders and the honorable mentions, because this list is almost too loaded to just go right now, let's talk about Matt Brash for a second. Let's talk about the slider for a second. And I want to read to you a tweet because we're kind of giving you all the credit for Matt Brash because you found Matt Brash when he was five years old and when he was <laughs> in the crib. So, and you've been on this dude now for the Mariners for a long time. Matt Brash's slider profile, 85 mile an hour pitch, 45 inches of vertical break, 17 inches of horizontal break, similar sliders compared to Aaron Bummer, Luis Garcia, but he throws it harder. It might be already the best slider in baseball. Just talk to me about Matt Brash. Dude, that curveball or the slider, I should say, it's like a swerve almost at that speed. It, it just defies, I think Kobe Olsen, because he, he runs our JB stats account, right? He put it as best as you could put it, which is, I don't think it's physically possible for that slider to break any more and travel any faster. Like that pitch is as optimized as it can possibly be. And you saw like the, the reactions from Tim Anderson, one of the best bat to ball guys in, in all of the major leagues. Jose Abreu, yeah, he swings and misses a little bit, but not that bad. He had some horrible sword swings. I mean, we're looking at vets taking terrible swings. That tells you everything you need to know. And the fastball, by the way, was sitting upper 90s. This guy is special, special. And the Mariners, if he can, if he can go deep into starts, totally changes the Mariners' outlook. Completely changes the Mariners outlook. They might have the best pitcher on their team currently. And another guy who might become the best pitcher on his team currently just got promoted from AAA. That's Nick Lodolo of the Cincinnati Reds. You know, Hunter Green was amazing and he actually yeah. started off amazing. We, we were a little bit worried about the home run rates at the beginning, but he showed a lot of promise. But Nick Lodolo can be even better. Don't you agree? hundred percent. And like, are the, are the Reds piecing together a decent team here? Are they going to start winning? Oh, actually, we were, we were asking before we were going to record any notable news. Castellini said something stupid. There we uh, go. Of There's some notable news. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but Lodolo, I think, is just the highest of floors when we talk about a guy that's going to go up there. Hunter Green had the great start, faded a little bit at the end when he gave up a couple home runs. He's going to have his blow-up starts from time to time, but he looked phenomenal in that first outing. Lodolo's the type of guy that even when he's off, He's going to get the ground balls. He's going to be around the strike zone and he's still going to somehow back into six innings, three runs. And you're like, that's a bad start. That's why I love Lodolo. The, the bad starts are going to be okay. Uh, there, there's really no blow up, I think, from him. And as I say that, I'm sure he's going to give up 10 runs in the first outing. But that's the way it looks for me. Right now. Because I love to do this. I love to ask you these kinds of questions. Oh, gosh. We're on a I get nervous when I, when I hear you say that. I'm like, oh, no. What am I going to have to be I usually come in with such a loud voice. But with those kind of questions, I say it a little slower, a little quieter. Because I want, I want you to hear it. Nick Lodolo or Matt Brash this year? Oh, shit. That was a good question. I wasn't even Just ready. I wasn't ready for that. This year... I'm going to go Matt Brash because I think they're going to unleash him a bit more. Uh, the, the injury history is behind him. He's built up more. He accumulated a, almost triple digits innings last year. Uh, Lodolo had some shoulder fatigue. I think they're going to ease him in. Um, Brash is a little bit pitching for a little bit more right now. And the slider is just such a safe, safe pitch to always have. I'll take Matt Brash now. But Lodolo is is the safest bet to have a really good big league career for a long time. That's a great question. 
It's a great question because there's no wrong answer to that either, right? No. They can both no. dominate this year. Hunter Green could end up being the best pitcher out of all of them. I mean, he's throwing 101 miles an hour already. We just have so many young, exciting players in the game. I mean, I guess the last young, exciting player that we should mention, who's probably the greatest player of all time at this point, is Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> he insane. walked in his first at back against the Guardians. And at that point, he had more times on base than registered at bats. And he yep. still does. Stephen Kwan is taking the league by storm. Who does he remind you of? Oh gosh. He's such a throwback player, right? Like a little bit of, of Kenny Lofton almost there's wow. like that. There's that speed bat to ball. We haven't seen him steal the bases the same way. That's the one thing. I don't know if he's going to swipe bags like that, but at the plate, the bat to ball, the speed doesn't strike out, can sneak some balls out of the yard. But he's the league leader in F4 right now. It's it's Stephen Kwan at 0.7 and Byron Buxton at 0.5. He's better than Byron Buxton. Who's going to be on our top 10 outfielders list? Yeah, he comes in at four. Um, but, but it's absolutely unbelievable what he's been able to do. And I love players like that. He's going to become a fan favorite so quick. Uh, and we don't need to go into it too long because I, I know I teased it. The, the comment, I just want your reaction. This was Phil Castellini, the president of the Reds who the question was asked by Mo Egger, uh, who hosts a radio show in Cincinnati for ESPN radio. What would you say to fans that no longer trusts that, you know, you're going to put a winning product on the field. And he said, where else are you going to go? And then he said, I could just, it would be more beneficial for us to move the team. Theoretically speaking, in terms of profits, be careful what you ask for. Is what he, he says. Does he even like baseball? Does he like doing this? No, I don't think Why? he likes people either. Because that was a really, really just rude comment. <laughs> so Reds fans aren't going to show up. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Even if you feel that way, why would you say that? You already were struggling to get fans in there after what you did this offseason, even though I think it positions them well long term. You got to brand that properly. And now he basically said, screw you. What are you going to do about it? that's going to hurt them. I'm interested to see the attendance figures. He's acting like this team's going to win eight games this year. This team is not terrible anymore. With Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green coming up and John Andy, of course, leading that offense. I know they got rid of Jesse Winker. I know they got rid of Nick Castellanos, but Joey Votto still bangs. This team is not that bad, especially in a week NL Central, but he's pretending like this team is the worst of all time. It's it's funny too, because he just scoffs at fan frustration and requests to sell. Quote, where are you going to go? That's <laughs> just, I just had to throw that one out there before we get in the outfielders because uh, they can go a lot of places and it won't be uh, to Great American Ballpark. And that only hurts you and it only hurts the game of baseball. So, uh, Phil Castellini, zip it. Absolutely zip it. And speaking about former outfielders of the Cincinnati Reds, let's talk about some of our notable admissions to our top 10 outfielders, because this is not top 10 left fielders. This is not center field. This is not right field. The whole freaking outfield freaking outfield and arm. How loaded is this position? It's, it was impossible to rank. And I honestly think we could have just like put a bunch of names in in a jar and shook it up and and made a top 10 and it would have been (laughs) semi-believable. Like that's how loaded this position is. Obviously you have the guys at the top that are just elite of the elite, but it got really hard. Even on the honorable mention side, it was like, who do we kick out? Who do we keep in? Uh, There's just so much talent in the outfield, but the, the most exciting part about it is a lot of these guys are young And if you're wondering why some of the young guys are ranked, you know, maybe in the back end of the top 10, it's because they haven't done it yet. We're well aware that by the time we do this next year, several of these guys will be top four, top five. And it's just a testament to how loaded the position is, too. Absolutely a testament. So my first notable omission is Nick Castellanos. You know, Nick Castellanos with the 30 plus home runs and the 100 plus driven in and he raked in Cincinnati. We know that and he's going to continue to rake. But the defense is the problem. He's more likely a DH. Who's another notable omission you wish could have made the honorable mentions? A, a guy that's a little bit different. I, I still think I know you're going to be like, oh, but Joey Gallo is still an honorable mention for or, or I mean, a notable omission, excuse me, for me, because the guy is a great defender. He still runs into a ton of power. And I mean, you, you see the F4 figures he puts up every year. It hasn't been great with, with the Yankees so far, but to me, he's still, when he's going right and when he's swinging it well, he's easily a top 15 outfielder in the game. So that, that's for sure a notable omission for me too. 
I was also thinking about Kyle Schwarber, a guy mm-hmm. who, again, defense, not his game, but hitting certainly is. And last year, he freaking raked, especially with the Red Sox. I know the Red Sox are definitely going to miss his bat in the lineup, and they're missing it right now. Totally. And then one other name, not that we seriously considered him, but I just want to mention him because I think we will seriously consider him or he will force his way onto our list next year is Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. He's not there yet. We, we didn't really kick the tires on putting him in there because most of the guys are pretty established or, or young superstars already, but Dylan Carlson at 23 years old, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Um, and I just wanted to make him a quote unquote notable omission because I think he's going to be in there for us next year. I love that one. And a couple of guys who maybe you could list in the outfield, but aren't going to make this outfield list when we potentially do DHs. That's probably where they'll side in in Giancarlo Stanton, a guy like Jordan Alvarez. Like those guys aren't going to be in this list because they play mostly DH. Absolutely. And that's a good distinction. And um, what does Miles Straw have to do to get on this list? <laughs> My guy just got extended. He had a 3.7 F4 last year, which was 13th among all qualified outfielders. He did not even, no one even thought about Miles Straw, myself included. But what does Miles Straw have to do before we get into the list? It probably has, it starts with having a slugging percentage higher yeah. than your on base. I think you know right? that. I think 349 you know that. on base, 348 slugging. Oh. But 271 batting average and gold glove defense. And uh, speed. I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rooting for Miles Straw to force our hand, but I'm not going to hold my breath. He's just got to get a little bit of lift. And, yeah. So now we break into the honorable mentions. So our first honorable mention is Brian Reynolds. He had over 300 with a 130 WRC plus in his first year in 2019, had a bad 2020, but was incredible in 2021. The 27 year old can really swing it from the left side and plays an above average center field. I mean, Reynolds, Reynolds is just one of the up and coming players. I think in baseball that gets buried a little bit on a team that uh, not everybody is, Really excited to watch, but I think we will be soon. Reynolds is the, the guy that we heard in the trade talks time and time again, whether it was Marlins, Padres, whatever other team. Uh, but what I love about him is he just does everything, right? Like he's a little bit of everything. He can play solid defense and center. He maybe not elite, but he's good enough. Uh, he can hit for some power. He doesn't strike out. He's a good runner. He switch hitter. Like he does everything. I, I'm a big fan of his. And I mean, would you be surprised if he's in this uh, top 10 uh, by the end of the year, probably not. Right. But he's going to have to really ball out because we'll see how talented the top 10 is. Again, it's a testament to the position because if he played any other position, he's a top 10 player almost maybe Easily. besides shortstop, I, maybe shortstop. Even I'd have to have it all in front of me, but almost any other position, he'd be top 10. It was weird though. An incredible, great 2019 bad 2020, mm-hmm. not like, okay. Not hundred WRC plus no, it was bad. Fine. bad. What happened? You know, I always think about it because you look at the K rate, it was high there too. But I think about it from this lens. Imagine that we're 55 games into the season this year and Brian Reynolds is hitting 189, 275, 357. We'd be like, ah, he's off to a slow start. He needs to get going here, right? That was the whole season. So I think it was a slow start. And I would love to talk to him about it because I know myself, if I'm playing and, and putting myself in their shoes, if you're struggling 20 games in, you start pressing like, oh, crap, oh, yeah. the season's halfway over. Whereas if you're struggling 20 games in on a 162 game schedule, you're like, oh, I got I got all year. I'll, I'll, I'll work this out. Like Kike Hernandez joked on the ESPN broadcast. He's like, has anybody never got a hit in their entire season or something like that? Like he doesn't care. He's loose about it. He's joking about it. I doubt he makes that joke if it's a 60 game campaign. So I really think he just got it, it mounted on him in a smaller sample size because, man, was he good in 2021? And it was also his sophomore year, right? Pitchers yeah. then tend to adjust. And then in 2021, we saw that that was a complete fluke and he's already off to a good start. He's just a really good player. Our next honorable mention is Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill broke the hell out in 2021, put up gouty power and speed numbers, but his bat to ball skills were what was really impressive as well. He's a true five tool player who really has the potential to win an MVP one day. Yeah. I mean, I never thought he was going to hit enough. I was really concerned that, that the bat to ball would never come through. And and yes, he's going to strike out, but he can get to tough pitches. He's got power to all fields. And like you said, it's tools across the board, 34 home runs, 15 stolen bases, gold glove defense. Yes. He strikes out, but he also hit 286. He is yeah. a weird, weird profile for a good reason though. And his quality of contact 
is just off the charts. We talk about like slugging on contact. He is at the top of that list in terms of getting quality and bang for his buck. You know why Tyler O'Neill hits 286? Because everything Tyler O'Neill hits is hard mm-hmm. and everything is a live drive and everything's to the outfield. That's why. So he might strike out a lot, but every single time he makes contact, he's at least good for a double. It, it, it's, it, it at least seems like that. It, it, it's it's quality of contact every single time. And that's why he is going to be able to overcome any 30% K rate that he has, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that continue to drop. And if he gets that K rate in the 25% range, now we're looking at a guy that could legitimately start entering that MVP candidate conversation. 5.4 F4 last year as a 26 year old. And uh, I mean, he could easily start forcing his way up this list to another young player. Absolutely. His tool set is very similar to Byron Buxton and Luis Robert. I don't feel like not enough people are talking about that. Our next honorable mention is Tiasca Hernandez. And for my money, he's the most underrated player in the league. He was one of three outfielders last year with a 135 WRC plus 30 home runs and 10 steals. And he hit 299 while doing so. He hits the ball so freaking hard, so freaking hard, so hard. And to all fields, he will hit a, a, a piss missile that doesn't get 20 feet off the ground to right field and gets out in half a second. Can I give you an example from just a game that happened yesterday? Tiosco Hernandez hit a base hit into left field. It was off a hanging curveball, and it, it looked like it was hit hard. It looked like a tip, typical Tiosco Hernandez type batted ball, but Joey Gallo was sprinting over and actually missed it because it was rolling so fast. And it looked like a regular base hit, but he hit it with such authority that it actually got past Gallo and he ended up with a double like on a regular single, but he just hits the ball that hard. It's so crazy. And he's off to a crazy start this year. It's obviously going to normalize a little bit. His average career exit velo is, is 91.6, which is way up there. But so far on his seven batted balls this year, he's averaging 97 miles per hour on the exit velo. And the hardest he's hit in his career was last year, 116 miles per hour. He has some crazy pop and he's a sneaky, decent defender in the corner. They throw him into center sometimes. And that's where he'll struggle. That was more last year because of their inconsistency, like health wise with a guy that we'll talk about a little bit later in this list and George Springer. Uh, But talk about another guy that's able to overcome the swing and miss because of the quality of contact. But 2021 was by far his best year in that department, only a 25% K rate with the 32 home runs. I am a huge, huge fan of, of Teoscar. I love to watch him play. I just called him the most underrated player in baseball. Is that too much? No, I don't think so. Right? I don't think so at all. When um, you think of most underrated, like just a couple, a name or two that comes to your head. Teoscar, for one, I, I really struggle to think of someone that's more underrated than than Teoscar Hernandez. Right? I mean, I, I most of the other guys I think about, I'm like, God, people are kind of, have come around to that guy. Uh, right. I would put Teoscar up there with anybody, with anybody. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Our next honorable mention is Chris Bryant, the new Colorado Rocky and new left fielder. He has crazy potential in Coors Field. We know that. And the former MVP has had a fantastic career thus far. He had 25 bombs, stole 10 bases and had a 123 WRC plus in 2021. And in 2022, he'll be even better. Yeah, you know, this was someone that I really wanted to put in the top 10. Um, but then when you look at the rest of the top 10, it's hard to justify him over those players. It was yeah. really great to see him bounce back, though, especially mm-hmm. after that rough 2020. Um, and and looked really good last year. 123 WRC plus, 25 home runs, 3.6 F4. And this was somebody that had to up and move midseason uh, to another environment where it's a really tough division. You're facing the Dodgers, what felt like every single day, uh, and, and playing meaningful games after playing what wasn't very meaningful games in Chicago. Uh, I'm very interested to see how he looks in Colorado. I know we've been speculating big time on the production, Peter, uh, and I think he's going to produce, but just not quite enough power uh, and, and impact last year. He it was great, but not quite enough impact to crack the top 10. I agree. I don't think he's top 10, but he's right there and he's he'll right be there. close to the top 10 this year, especially in Colorado. Our second to last honorable mention is Starling Marte. The speed demon led all of baseball and steals last year with 47 and almost won a batting title. He's signed to be the Mets center fielder and checks in as one of the better all around players in the sport. Yeah. So Marte's a tough one to, to rank for me um, because he had his best year of his career last year. 
I know. 32 years old. 32 years old. Um, and, and he was between Miami and, of course, the A's. I look at what he did. The 47 stolen bases is insane, especially given that he only played 120 games, only 12 home runs. But as you mentioned, Florida with the batting title got on base at the highest clip of his career. What does Starling Marte or what would he have needed to do uh, to get into that top 10? Cause I agree. He's just outside of it. Uh, but I mean, the guy was as good as anybody in baseball last year was solid in 2020 and has had a really good career before that, but you know, never really a, uh, MVP candidate, let's say. I guess the power numbers, I guess you'd say, because that's the only real hole you can poke. Not speed, not bat to ball, not defense. No. Only power, really. He doesn't hit that many doubles. He doesn't hit that many home runs. He's more of a singles hitter, but he's still a really good one at that. Yeah, exactly. And today's game, you know, just used towards the home run guys. Uh, but another player that, is right on the cusp. If he was a little bit more elite defensively, he's good defensively, really good. But if he was elite defensively, then maybe we're talking about a a guy that's in the top 10, but just doesn't quite jump off the page enough in any department. And I think that's what kind of holds him back. But man, is he good across the board? Yeah, so good across the board. And our last honorable mention is Cedric Mullins, who burst onto the scene last year with a 30 home run, 30 stolen base season and played center stellar center field defense on top of that. He may slightly regress this year, but even with some regression, he's a well above average outfielder and deserves to be spoken about with some of the best of baseball. I always love the tangible adjustment, right, Peter? Like he, right. he was somebody that switch hit and then stopped and then explodes. You can connect that to something. Whereas if it's just a guy that had this monster year you're taking it with a grain of salt i think people are still a little bit hesitant as you allude to the regression i think naturally he's going to regress from 291 365 18 yeah um, naturally with a 30 30 season but i still think this guy is going to be one of the better center fielders in the game for a while 27 years old he's a ranger out there in terms of the way he tracks the baseball he that one catch he made in spring training was outrageous the power is legit the speed is legit he's got the bat to ball he walks at a decent clip he's just your prototypical center fielder and 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 i love to watch him play cedric mullins should go over to ozzy albie's house and say Look what I did when I'm not switch hitting anymore because he was a guy who couldn't really hit as a right handed bat and decided to just stay as a lefty. Ozzy Albies is not a hole as a left handed bat, but it's clear he's a much better right handed bat. He's like a Dr. Mullins go over to Ozzy Albies house. Please. I've been doing every I'm going to try to just force them together in a room if I ever have the ability to do that, because I I lose sleep every night about Ozzy Albies switch hitting. And if, if, if you wonder why we're saying this, if, if you're newer to the show, just look up the splits. It gives, it just, it just pains me because we could be looking at, and I know people are like, Oh, well maybe he's horrible. Right on. Right. He can't, he can't be that horrible. He's gone right on. Right. I think in six ABs and he has two home runs. So if he's even experimenting with it, just go all in on it and see how it goes. Regardless um, the, the change helped Mullins and man, is he good. And we're about to get into the top 10 and we've been able to like pick out little holes in each player. You know, that doesn't make them that elite. When we get into this top 10 people, the only holes is maybe a lack of playing time or they're not the best defender ever, but they're still good. Yeah, it's really. And by playing time, of course, (laughs) we're talking about health and and that's something that has to be factored in here because otherwise byron buxton would be right up there with with the main guys right and he's still up there but it would be ridiculous to put buxton ahead of some of these other players because the best ability is availability and we have to factor that in here that on top of the track record is is the other side of things and you know we're going to start with with luis robert which i won't steal your thunder there he's someone that's going to be way up there very soon i think but how do you put him ahead of someone that's been doing it for eight years? And that's kind of the way we've been approaching it uh, for this year. Exactly. Luis Robert checks in at number 10 on our top 10 outfielders list, but a full season from him could move him closer to the top five, maybe even an MVP. He's really that 
talented. When he came up in 2020, we saw glimpses of greatness. He had 11 home runs, stole nine bases in just 56 games, but he only had a 738 OPS. In 2021, a hip injury limited him to just 68 games, but the man hit 338 with a 945 OPS and 13 bombs. His 162-game average is a 300 hitter with 31 home runs, 22 stolen bases, and gold glove defense. If he stays healthy, he can do that and then some. He's one of the most talented players in every aspect of the game, and we cannot wait for him to showcase that in 2022. Oh, man, if we can get a full season of Luis Robert, dude, I mean, this is somebody, though, the one thing that 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 concerns me a tad is the approach and he gets away with it because he just demolishes and demolishes and demolishes mistakes. He yeah. doesn't miss the mistakes. He chases a lot. He does. And I'm interested to see how pitchers exploit that. He had a great first half faded in the second half of that rookie season, uh, but then again was really good. Uh, when we saw him in shortened action last year, I really just want to see him over the full 162. I think he's going to be a superstar and I really would bet a lot of money on him being a superstar, but he hasn't done it yet. And that's the only reason why we have him at 10. I think it's even crazy. I, I support it and I agree with it, but it also is shows how ridiculous it is to already have this guy at number 10. He hasn't even played 120 games. I don't think at the major league level. Uh, and that's just a testament to how good he's been when he's on the field. He's played 128 games. So far. there we go. And yeah. in those 128 games, he has an 8.53 OPS, and he's already won a gold glove. He flies when he connects. The, the home run that echoes in my brain was the 2020 home run in the postseason. I believe it was in Oakland. And it, it when I saw that, I, I just thought this guy has legitimate 40-plus home run potential. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's going to keep maturing as a hitter. It's easy to forget that he's 24 years old. I, I would put a lot of money on this guy being in the top six or seven of this list by season's end. If he just didn't strike out that much, he'd be like the best player ever. Yeah. Like that's yeah. really like there's he like he's, and I didn't just say, Oh, he plays gold glove level defense. Like he's won a gold glove already. He won one in 2020. Yep. That's how good he is. Or no, was it 2021? Yeah. Or a baseball 2020, podcast. I believe 2020. Um, I'm almost positive 2020. But, you know, the, the, it's really just approach for him. And as he continues to temper down that aggressive approach, I think we're going to have a really, really good player on our hands because the whiff rates aren't that bad. It's, again, just really swinging at the wrong pitches. And I think he'll continue to get better in that regard. And it was 2020, by the way. So stock number go. nine. All right. So coming in at number nine on the top 10 outfielders list is George Springer. And George Springer is somebody that when he's healthy, my goodness, he's as good as any outfielder in baseball. He ranks in the top 20% since 2017 in max exit velocity, chase rate, barrel rate, sprint speed, expected slugging, and he makes all the highlight reel plays in center. In his career, 270, 360, 499 slash line with a 135 WRC+. plus. He is just as electric as it gets. Signed a six-year, $150 million deal with the Blue Jays prior to the 2021 season. Hasn't been healthy yet with Toronto, but I think this could be the year where he kind of recaptures that elite form that we saw in Houston. His bat is kind of similar to a Xander Bogarts, but it's, I think it's a little bit better. Like that's the type of player George Springer is. He's got a bat like Bogarts, but with more speed and he's actually good at his defensive position, which is also a premium position. George Springer is another guy who I feel like could be on a top 10 underrated players list. Absolutely. I feel like there's a natural, a natural progression here. I look at the sports card hobby, which is funny. People mm -hmm. don't like collecting Astros that much. A lot of Astros cards are cheap. Wow. Um, and I just think people overlook Astros players period a little bit because everything that happened, obviously, and, and just the disdain towards that organization uh, and those affiliated with it. George Springer is so, so good and gets overlooked. And when he is healthy and full throttle, I mean, Exit velos are as high as anybody, but what really amazes me is, is the power speed and approach combination. You make the right. Xander Bogarts comparison. That's the craziest part is you almost think conventionally, Oh, George Springer, probably a, a free swinger. No, 
He's one of the best when it comes to chase rate. He's one of the best when it comes to consistently walking. He's never going to rack up 15%, but he's never walked less than 10% of the time. Year after year, he's 10 to 12%, which is incredibly strong. High on base guy, high quality of contact, and a lot of speed. He does everything you need and can also play a good center field. George Springer is is getting up there, uh, quote unquote. He's 32 years old, has been banged up. I think he's got several good years of, of still prime George Springer in him. But this is where we could start to see the changing of the guard of where Luis Robert overtakes him maybe uh, in the next couple years or maybe as soon as the end of the year. But because of the track record, because of George Springer's capabilities, uh, that guy's got to be at number nine. And we're also acting like Luis Robert, if he has a great season, will be better than George Springer. Like George Springer right now has a almost 1300 OPS. Like he also <laughs> could put together a better season when fully healthy Correct. than Luis Robert. Like Correct. it's not just if Luis Robert shows his potential, he will be better than George Springer. No, no, no. George Springer could do the same exact thing and still be better than Luis Robert. That's why we have him at nine. Listen, listen to his 2019 real quick before we move on to the next oh, one. Oh, I'm gonna. 122 games. So, you know, he had his season cut short. 39 home runs, a 292, 383, 591 slash line uh, with 96 driven in. I, I mean, that that's just elite stuff from center field. And if he can get close to that, which I think he can in that lineup, because he's just another dude in a sick lineup. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he's Arum, one of the best. That stat line you just read me is not that far off from what Tatis did last year. No, <laughs> that's actually a good point. In about the same amount of games. He had less games and he had, so he had eight less games, had three less home runs, had a better batting average. And the OPS number was 975 for Tatis, 974 for Springer. Yeah, it's a Tatis. There you go. That's how freaking good George Springer is. But number eight is built a little bit different, just kind of different than everybody else who's ever been alive. Yeah. Number eight on the top 10 outfielders list is Byron Buxton. And Byron Buxton is one of the hardest players to rank. If we're talking strictly talent, he might be the best overall player in the game. Like, I'm serious. Since 2020, including 2022, he has 35 home runs in 104 games, 5.9 F4, a 158 WRC plus, and 22 defensive runs saved. So basically, in this short sample, he's proven that he has 40 plus home run power. He's one of the fastest players in the game. He's one of, if not the best overall defender. And during that span, hit 289. He's frankly unbelievable, but the problem is his availability. He's been in the league since 2015, but has played above 95 games just once. And that was back in 2017. If he can just stay on the field, he will be in the best player in baseball discussion. I really believe it. I would take 10 Razor scooters to the shin for Byron Buxton to be healthy for, for the next few years, just because I want to see what it looks like. I, what do we have to do to get Byron Buxton to stay on the field? I mean, I'm sure he's doing everything he can. And, and, and that's the thing. And I don't even want to talk about it too much because he's, he's on the field right now. Uh, but what I love about Byron Buxton, and I tweeted this uh, when I was doing a little bit of a swing breakdown, is like he found a way to leverage his freakish athleticism where he I've never seen a setup like his. He starts already coiled into his back hip already with his hands loaded where they need to go. Because remember, he used to be a guy with swing and miss. Yeah. And he starts coiled already set. And you can even see him almost twisting his, his waist a little bit, trying to get that tension, that torque feel. And all he does is just pick right. his foot up, put his foot down and uncorks. Yep. Nobody can do that. Very few players can do that because you need to have a lot of pre-swing movement to generate that force. He's such a freak that he can start almost in phase two of his swing and just unleash and get to 101 mile an hour fastballs up in the zone. Byron Buxton figured it out. The only thing he needs to figure out now is staying healthy and the league is his. Byron Buxton is so good. You can't learn anything from him. No. Yeah. That's you know what I'm saying. You can't, like, you can't, you can't, can't bring what he does and bring it in a video session and say, this is what these guys are doing because you can't do that. No. Like Michael Jordan can't teach someone how to jump from the free throw line. Patrick Mahomes can't teach another quarterback how to throw an 80 yard bomb. You can't teach what Byron Buxton has. And that's why he's at eight because he could be at one one day. That's the level of talent that we're talking about here. The, the fact that he's at eight 
given, <clears throat> given the fact that he's averaging like 40 games a year is just a testament to how freaky he is because to, to even crack this top 10 list with how limited he has been in terms of, of action is just a, a, a prime example of how damn good he is. Exactly. We are, we are, we got it covered. Yeah. We'll go to number seven here and it's Kyle Tucker, another player who's up and coming in this league, only 25 years old and is already solidifying himself as one of the best all around outfielders in the game. I mean, Kyle Tucker really broke out last season for the Astros slashing 294, 359, 557 with 30 home runs and 14 stolen bases. Maybe my favorite Kyle Tucker stat, though, is he was one of three players with a K percentage under 16% and an OPS over 900. The other two are really good company. Vlad Jr., Juan Soto, and Kyle Tucker in that designation. That just shows you how elite he is, bat to ball, and also power and on-base skills. That is very, very good company for the 25-year-old. Get 311 off off-speed pitches last year. <laughs> he doesn't move with his swing. He's amazing. He he has an even distribution of ground ball rate, fly ball rate, line drive rate. I mean, not even exactly, but 34% ground ball, 33.5% fly ball, 27% line drive rate. So what does that mean? He hits all types of balls. He keeps the ball in the outfield. He hits the ball extremely hard, like 83rd max exit velocity. Like he had a ball 111 miles an hour last year. What could you poke in the game? It's funny. I was thinking, how do you attack him? How do you yeah. beat him? You talk about yeah. what he did on off speed and breaking balls. He, he catches up to Velo. His swing is fairly unconventional in a positive way, meaning like he starts almost slotted and the barrel lives through the zone. He uses the whole field. You can't blow it by him. You can't get him on his front foot. Nope. And Oh yeah. He's a good defender in the corner, seven outs above average between the two corners last year, which is well, well above average can play center field. If you need it to you combine bat to ball power on base above average defense. And he's only 25 years old. No. Yeah. He'll steal a handful of bags too. Kyle Tucker. I think we're going to get repetitive with this, but this is somebody that I expect to be able to win an MVP in the next five years. And he's also not a, oh, he strikes out 28% of the time and walks 5%, but just puts up incredible offensive numbers that you say, all right, he's not the most disciplined player. For example, like a Buxton, like strikes out near 30%, only walks around 5%. That's not him. He doesn't chase, doesn't whiff, takes his walks, barrels everything, plays good defense, can even slot over to center field. We saw him do that in the playoffs. Hits every ball hard, has speed. I ask you again. What doesn't he do in an above average level? I can't figure it out. Can you? Um, I can't give you one thing. Can't give you one thing. And even hit well in the playoffs too. So there's another thing you can't even do. But the sixth best outfielder in baseball might be the most well-rounded player in the entire sport. And it feels low to rank Mookie Betts at number six. Let's just marvel at the all-around game that is Mookie Betts. He's one of the best defensive right fielders of all time since 2016 he's number one in defensive run saved 12 more than second place in Jolton Simmons and 27 more than Nolan Arenado he's one of the best base runners in the game routinely putting up 20 steals and ranks fourth in BSR which is a fan graphs base running stat since 2017 he has a 135 WRC plus since 2019 same as Bogarts he's truly the one player in baseball that has zero holes. The only issue with bets is he did drop a bit last year offensively due to a hip thing. And he doesn't look all the way healthy yet, but when he's right, he's one of the best players in the game. The, the funniest thing about it is down year last year, sort of 31 WRC plus yeah, like not really 23 home runs, 15% K rate still, you know, he, he was not the guy that, that he usually is. The defense was impacted a little bit more than usual too. But if you look at the metrics, uh, which, you know, he probably wasn't getting jumps, wasn't moving quite as well as he normally does. When I look at Mookie Betts 2018 season, that is one of the best seasons in the modern era. Yep. No exaggeration. That 2018 team, 2018 season, 25 years old with the Boston Red Sox, he put up an F war of 10.4. Almost nobody has done that 
in the last 30 years. Very few occasions. Barry Bonds, Mike Trout. I think I don't even know if Harper broke 10 at any point, not even in no. his insane season. He, did, he hasn't. 30-30 season that year, and he hit 346 with a 438 on base and played plus defense. No, Mookie Betts already has a 44 like F while being the def- best defensive outfielder in baseball, probably. Correct. Correct. 44 F4, and he's 30. I mean, he he's on Hall his way to the Hall of Fame, assuming he does not taper off here. Um, I hope he gets right. Hasn't been a great start through 14 plate appearances. Not worried yet. Um, especially because he was still respectable last year, more than respectable last year. Uh, but definitely want to see him get back and get healthy because he is one of the most dynamic and exciting players in the game. But a little bit of that health concern, a little bit of a step back last year is what, what's holding him back from you know being in the top five, I guess, from this list. He's a winning player. And Absolutely. it's hard to quantify winning. It's hard to say, oh, is he truly a winning player? I think he's a winning player. and I think he's proved it. He won one with Fenway. Then he immediately goes over to the Dodgers. And I know the Dodgers were loaded already, but he won a World Series with them. Hey, and, and, and then again, he's on the Dodgers this year, might win it again. Like he's just a guy that you want if you want to win a World Series. Mookie Betts I, is near the top of that list. He's a pro's pro. And just listen to any, any interview with him. I mean, that's a guy you want on your team, not just because he's one of the best, but because he carries himself. Uh, the right way and also is a pro bowler, which is cool. And I love that fun fact about him, Uh, but going into number five, and this is, this is a funny one, Peter, because I I know we're going to go into Bryce Harper versus Aaron judge, but going into number five, Aaron judge is maybe one of the guys that's playing with the most to prove this year, even though he's already proven more than enough. He turned down a $230 million contract extension from the Yankees before opening day. And he's betting on the league to view him as a top five outfielder in baseball and free agency this coming year. And we view him as a top five outfielder when healthy, he's done nothing but mash the six foot seven, 280 80 pound outfielder has slashed 276, 385, 552 in his career with a 150 WRC plus. And I mean, we got to talk about that 2017 season. If we're talking about some of the best seasons in the modern era, Judge put up 52 home runs in an F4 of 8.3 that year. Oh, by the way, he plays above average defense in the corner. He can also play center field if you really need it and be more than passable out there. And probably had the second best year of his career last year with 39 home runs and a 5.5 F war. Judge is still playing as well as he ever has. So our next, I'll, I'll spoil it right now. Our next outfielder is Bryce Harper. I'm not going to get into Bryce Harper yet. I'm not going to give you the 60 second rundown, but I just want to clarify something because Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge. If you th- threw those three names at a dartboard, that's the correct ranking. Yes. If you took them out of a hat, that's also the correct ranking. You could go Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts. You could go Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. And I think that you're correct. These guys are all so close. They're all great hitters. But let's talk about Aaron Judge for a second and why I personally would have ranked him above Harper and Mookie. Because I think that Judge as a hitter, since 2019, he has the same WRC plus as Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has even more home runs. He has a better batting average. So in just that stat, But I do think that the offensive numbers are very razor thin. But I think then where it separates is the fact that Judge is the clear better defender than Bryce Harper is. But then you throw in Mookie Betts into the situation and he's the best fielder out of all of them. But Mm -hmm. when you look at the bat right now, he's probably the worst bat, but still amazing. And he could totally bounce back and be the best bat out of all of them next year. But I think. Both of us moving forward, like this year, Bryce Harper is our NL MVP pick. Like we just think not only can he repeat what he did last year, but he can be just as good, if not better. And it would now be his third MVP. So that's where we go in the middle. But back to judge for a second. The reason why I love judge again, speed, defense, power, bat. he's a five tool guy arm. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he does not make sense. I mean, nobody that's six foot seven, 280 pounds should be able to move the way that he moves. Talk about somebody that could have probably been an elite tight end. Uh, Like he has just a ridiculous skill set. He seems to figure out, he seems to have figured out how to hit 
you know, in terms of just what works for him, how to be as, as consistent as possible, given how big he is while still getting the quality of contact and, and, you know, still running into almost 40 home runs this past year, really there's not much that this guy can't do. And I'm very interested to see what the market looks like. I think he is very right to turn down 230, but he is 30 years old. So it is going to be interesting, but I think he's got some good advice there. And there's a lot of teams that are going to be lining up for his services because he's not a liability in the outfield. He will age gracefully and probably be a phenomenal DH in his later thirties. And, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, that's the only thing he has shown that he's doing that over the last couple of years, at least dating back to, uh, you know, the beginning of the 2021 season. So I'll say this last year was very encouraging. Uh, he's just, he's a special player, no doubt about it. So we talk about the bat and he's a great glove. Talk about the speed. We talk about everything. But the one thing that I feel like nobody talks about it that I think Aaron judge might be the best at baseball at. I think Aaron judge is the best at baseball at holding a would be double to a single in the outfield. I think he's one of the best in right field at that. I know Yankee stadium. It's a short fence. So it's, it's much easier to do so. But the amount of times I have watched that guy stop what should be an easy double and held even fast runners to a single is straight up remarkable. I feel like it happens once or twice a week. It's funny. As you say that I have like a video in my head of just him playing it perfectly off of the wall, fielding it in, 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 almost unison with the turn and fires a P right into second base, hundred miles an hour. I, he, he is special out there. And, and that's why I, I can totally understand the, the argument for Harper or for, for judge over Harper. It was just hard for me given that, that Harper, and we'll talk about it as we get into him, put up his second MVP and, and I'm excited to, to get into the specifics of him and deserved but, it. And, and deserved it. But I have zero, zero problem with putting judge ahead of him. And, yeah. and I mean, 39 home runs last year. That was the thing I wanted to see, right? Because he hit 52 and then it was 27 and then it was 27 and he was still really good. Like, don't get me wrong. He was 27 home runs with a 390 on base percentage, but I wanted to see if he could get back to that. Like 40, 35, 40, like that's who Aaron judge is. And he got back to that last year. And that really helps a lot. Not to mention career low K rate, uh, Judge could really put himself in the conversation for the MVP in the AL this year, too, given what he has to prove and given what he did last year with the improvement of his overall approach. Arm, we're ranking MVP candidates. Like yeah, I, exactly. Aaron Judge is my pick to win AL MVP and Bryce Harper is my pick to win NL MVP. So, so let's just go straight into our fourth best outfielder in baseball. That's Bryce Harper. The 2021 MVP checks in. He finished third in F war last year. He finished first in WRC plus he hit three Oh nine with 35 jacks and even stole 13 bases. The kid on the cover of sports illustrated has somehow lived up to the massive pressure bestowed upon him resulting now in two MVPs, a rookie of the year and six all-star appearances. And he's only 29 years old. He's my pick to win his third MVP and in spring training. And now in the regular season, he somehow even looks better than he was last year. You could knock the defense, but it's not bad enough to move him to a DH role or anything. It's perfectly fine over there in right field. And he hits basically better than everybody in the sport. <laughs> Bryce Harper is the fourth best outfielder in baseball and is probably a top five player in the game too. You know, what really put me over the top with Harper uh, and putting him at four is that he put together besides what Juan Soto did. And I think it was right there with Juan Soto uh, in the second half. One of the best halves we've seen from a player in a very long time, his second half to put him over the top in the MVP conversation was a joke. 21% walk rate and a 20% K rate. First of all, is, is laughable in the second half. 338, 476, 713 slash line. That's an 1188 OPS and a 201 WRC plus in the second half. I, that's one of the best halves we've seen in a very long time outside of what Juan Soto did in the second half. I mean, that, that rivals like Barry Bonds type of, of, you know, production right there. I think the only question is, is Bryce Harper going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer or a regular Hall of Famer? 
and regular yes away. I think first ballot. I think first ballot. I, I, it's it's getting to the point now where we we almost blink and the cumulative numbers are starting to look really strong for him. Yeah. And it's not like he's slowing down. That was the best stretch he's ever had. Even in that insane nine point three F four season where he hit forty two home runs and hit three thirty uh, as a twenty two year old with Washington. I don't think there was a stretch uh, on the first half or second half of that season where he was as good as he was last year. I I can't believe how good he was. And he's going to hit 300 home runs this year. Now Uh, he's a 280 career hitter. Uh, I really, really believe that this guy's going to be a a shoe in first ballot hall of famer. Uh, And and I can't wait for that day, but I also am dreading it because I'm going to realize how old I am. Uh, But for now we're watching a guy in his prime and uh, he's not slowing down anytime soon. And if you're saying, how could you say Bryce Harper is could be a Hall of Famer? He's 29 years old, mm-hmm. 29. He's probably got eight, nine, maybe even 10 more years left in the league. And that's even before he turns 40. This guy's going to hit 500 home runs. He's probably going to be close to 3,000 hits. He's probably going to be around a 300 hitter for his career. Like we could be looking at a 300, 400, 500 slash line for his career with 500 home runs and close to 3,000 base hits. That's going to make him one of the greatest players of all time. Yep. Yep. You said it, you said it as well as, as it could be said. I, I would bet on him finishing in the 285, 290 range, 500 homers uh, and, and 2,500 hits. And he's waltzing even on the low end there, waltzing into the hall of fame. So dancing, literally just ballroom dancing into the hall of fame. And then the next three guys are arguably in the same conversation uh, in terms of being able to just waltz into the hall of fame though i would say at number three this guy's a little bit more work to do but is off to a very good start coming in at number three uh is ronald acuna jr who has had the start of this season delayed missed the second half of last year and still already has 105 home runs to his name at the age of 24 he has been insane since he stepped foot at the major league baseball level at 20 years old he was the closest to a 40 40 season we've seen since 2006 uh that that's the craziest thing to me. I mean, to be three stolen bases away from a 40, 40 season, 105 home runs and 395 games, a 140 WRC plus, and still just 24 years old. The guy does everything. He hits the ball as hard as anybody you're going to see. And he swipes bags as much as anybody in the game. He is so, so electric. Doesn't really get more electric than Ronald Acuna Jr. Maybe Fernando Tatis. Those are the two most electric players, I think, in the game. I guess Buxton. Buxton's pretty good. But those, like, wouldn't you say those are the two most electric players in the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr.? Easily. Easily. And, and Buxton, when he's good, like, yeah. And Trout, but, like, Trout isn't as, t- like, twitchy as those guys. I, I don't know how to describe not as freaky. it. He's yeah. not as freaky. Like, Atel Marte is, like, freakier than Trout. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, free. Trout just, just, barrel stuff and runs hard and and just like those things that, that, you know, it's just, it's brute force. He's fast as hell, but the way that some of these, like Ronald Acuna, the way he impacts the baseball sometimes where, where he gets to pitches, he gets extended out on these pitches. I'm like, wow, how are you doing that? But I put trout in that same conversation, but a little trivia for our, our listeners real quick, and then see if you can get this one too. So he was, the closest or, or was almost put up the first 40, 40 season since 2006. Do you know who put up that 40, 40 season, 2006? I might've asked this trivia question before. Well, it wasn't Matt Kemp. Oh, you know who it was? It was Alfonso Soriano. Correct. With who? Nationals. There you go. Yeah. How crazy is that? People would forget how good Soriano was, but that shows you how hard it is to go 40, 40. I mean, that's 16 years ago and, and no one's really been close. Matt Kemp sniffed it. And then Acuna was three stolen bases away. Uh, so it just shows you he's a rarity in today's game. And um, man, I, I think when it's all said and done, he could compile some of the crazier stat lines we've seen given the head start that he's already had at 105 games, 105 home runs and 395 games. That's the stat arm. That's the stat. People don't appreciate that. This is not only everything else, the glove, bat to ball skills, batting average speed. That's all elite. Of, of course. But it's the home runs that get me. It's the home runs that get me, Arm. He has 
105 home runs in 395 games. He hit 26 in his rookie year in 111 games. He hit 41 in a full season. Then he was on pace to hit 49 home runs in 2020. Then he hit 24 in 82 games. He was on pace to hit 44. This is a 40 to 50 home run guy on top of everything that we talk about. That's what gets me with Ronald Acuna is he's one of the best power hitters in baseball. And the craziest part is if it weren't for his ACL injury and if it weren't for 2020 shortened season, he would be in the top three in terms of home runs before your 25th birthday. Uh, And that's some there's some pretty elite company over there. Um, So, you know, he's had his his first few seasons shortened a little bit, uh, which is unfortunate for his for his counting stats and and everything. But given the early start he had, he's going to put up some crazy numbers. And as you mentioned, he's been on pace for 40 the last couple of years. If he gets back here in the next couple of weeks, I think he's still got 40 in him this year. Is he your third best position player in baseball? If you don't count Otani and DeGrom, because he's mine. Like he's my, I think he's better than Tatis. I'd rather have him. I think. Are you, would you rather have Tatis? I don't know. Mm, I, I would. Ah, that's a really Acuna. tough question. Really? I would, I would take Acuna. That's one where like, I'm just, I'm happy either way. I know. Yeah. There's no wrong answer either. <laughs> uh, and we're talking just on the field, right? Cause I don't yeah. want to worry about like motorcycle accidents. Well, no, you, it's like you get the player to start your for the next 10 years, but then again, you have a shortstop versus a corner outfielder, but then you, again, you have his. Give me a Cunha. Give yeah. me a Cunha. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's, that's a hot take, good. but give me a Cunha. I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's the correct take. But the second best outfielder in baseball is the second best player in baseball. And that's Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. And he's only second because of some dude named after a fish that's in front of him. (laughs) Juan Soto came up as a 19-year-old rookie in 2018. And he's second in WRC Plus since 2018 behind Mike Trout. As a 19-year-old, he put up the same WRC Plus in his rookie year as Matt Olson did with the A's last year at 146. Like, oh my Jesus. In 2019, he took the league by storm and won a World Series. In 2020, he shot up as one of the best players in the league. And 2021 cemented himself as the second best position player moving from right field or moving from left field to right field makes him a great defender on top of his already hall of fame level hitting. If he just gets pitches to hit this year, he's sending them into Mars and he's the second best player in the whole sport. I I've never seen somebody that is so difficult to get out. Yep. I was looking at his, uh, his like heat maps, you know, on the, uh, the charts where you get basically the, the strike zone square and it shows per swing percentage outside of that strike zone square. Uh, it's insane. It's he insane. swings at everything in the heart at the heart of the plate and he doesn't swing at anything outside of the strike zone. And you might think, Oh, well, yeah, that's what good hitters do. Not the way Juan Soto does. It. I've never seen a heat map like his. It's unbelievable. You're not going to get him to go fishing. He must be so frustrating to pitch you. You're not going to get him to go fishing. And if you execute a perfect pitch, he's going to foul it off. Like there's no way. And even if you miss a little bit gone, you could execute a perfect pitch. He might still Homer. There's nothing you can do to get this guy out. And he knows it and he knows it now. And that's the, that's the scariest part. That's why you see him dancing on the takes. That's why you see him doing what he does at the plate. There there's not a hitter like Juan Soto. And I don't know if we'll see one for a while like Juan Soto. He put up a 525 OP or 525 on base percentage over a half. Yeah, his second half was was insane. I'll just read you that second half. He slashed 348, 525, 639 with a 1.164 OPS. Um, he still hits well off lefties. He's got an 875 OPS, like still breaks off lefties. But the fact that he's going to face a right-handed pitcher more often than not, and he had almost an 1,100 OPS against right-handed pitching last year. That's what does. You can't get him out. You can't get him out. What do you do? What do you do? The the only way to get him out is be a lefty that throws like sidearm and has 50 inches old, like Aaron Bummer or something like that and make him uncomfortable. There's no way a, a conventional pitcher can really get him out other than perfectly executing pitches and just catching him a little bit off. 
He's that hard to get out. And I mean, talk about somebody that's on a hall of fame track. I mean, we've seen guys on hall of fame tracks this early. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would have been shocked to find out uh, when he was 25 years old that Andrew Jones wouldn't be a hall of famer or at least not yet. Um, But Juan Soto is, is just, he's going to age like fine wine too, because he doesn't even need to play. He could be a DH. He could be 48 years old. And I think that swing's still going to play. And I think he's still going to be able to hit. Uh, He could be like Nelson Cruz, but bat to ball. (laughs) I think Juan Soto will go down as one of the greatest left-handed hitters to ever play our sport. I I totally agree. I totally agree. That's how good he is. 21 years old, 22, 23 years old. I mean, he might as as well wrap up with, maybe the best, one of the best right-handed hitters to ever play our sport. Number one, the best outfielder and best player in all of baseball is none other than Mike Trout. And I don't think there was much suspense here because there hasn't even been much suspense with his MVP finishes through the years. He's finished in the top five in MVP voting every single year of his career until his injury shortened 2021, where he was still an all-star. He has three MVP titles and four runner up finishes. He's a 305, 419, 583 career hitter in his entire duration so far with a 311 home runs and 203 stolen bases. And Oh yeah. He's still just 30 years old. It's a joke. Baseball is a joke for Mike Trout. And the guy put up back to back 10 F4 seasons as a 20 and 21 year old. And really routinely every single year, he's a minimum eight F4 guy if healthy. Mike Trout is one of the best to ever do it. Could retire tomorrow and he's a Hall of Famer. He could retire tomorrow and he would be a Hall of Famer. It's funny. You look at Juan Soto stats and you say to yourself, how could anyone get any better? Mike Trout's been doing what Juan Soto has been doing now for his whole career. Like those 160 WRC plus seasons, like Mike Trout was put up 180, like a 160. I think Mike Trout's career WRC plus, and I want you to fact check me on this one. Mike Trout's career WRC plus is better than Juan Soto's WRC plus when he finished second in MVP voting. And a lot of people would have thought that he should have won the MVP over Bryce Harper. Am I, am I mistaken? There is, is you're correct. 163 WRC plus last year for Juan Soto and a 172 career WRC plus for Mike Trout. And for those who might not love the, the advanced stats, that just says he's 72% above average for his career. Arum, Bryce Harper won the MVP with a 170. Mike Trout's average season is a little bit better than Bryce Harper's 2021 MVP season. Correct. He's a walking MVP, and that's why he finishes top five every year. And that's why he either won it or was a runner up for seven seasons. So like the only time you're not winning it is because Miguel Cabrera hit for the triple crown or something else crazy happened. Like that's the only reason why I, it's absolutely crazy to see. I'm so glad he's back and he's healthy. Um, and we have a full season to work with here with Mike Trout, 311 home runs as he's in his age 30 season, he will comfortably get to 500. He could push for 600 depending on how long he plays. I don't want to see him stealing bases that much anymore. 203 is more than enough. Uh, 78 F4 already in his career. He should break triple digits. Think about that for a second. Like 78 F4. Derek Cheater is 73 F4. Like that just like that's where we're at. You know what I'm saying? Like he's already a Hall of Famer. The average Hall of Famer is under 70 or what's the average Hall of Famer's war i think it's around 70 ish 60 60 65 70 maybe it's a little lower than i'm yeah. thinking but then again mike trout's already at 78 tony gwynn was 65 craig biggio was 66 mike Mark trout Wire, will end 66. up being a top 10 player of all time yep easily i mean a, a few more names real quick just to just to put it in in, in <laughs> you know in the context gary carter 69 scott Rowland, 70 uh who you know we think should definitely be uh, a Hall of Famer and will be very soon. Um, Miguel Cabrera, 70. It, it's Frank Thomas, 72. It, it's insane. You even want to go to Joe DiMaggio, 83. Um, it, it's, it's really wild how good Mike Trout is. And please, I know we talk about this, like, please, Angels, get this guy in the postseason. 
we all deserve to see Mike Trout. But and Mike Trout, I'll Venmo them. And and the last thing I'll say is I am very happy that Major League Baseball is allowing or or pivoting next year to every team playing everybody. Because Mm -hmm. for example, like selfishly, I grew up diehard baseball fan, so I obviously kept up with Mike Trout. But Mike Trout only came to Miami for two games in his career so far. You know, like, and, and you want to grow the game. I'm not saying Mike Trout can single-handedly bring people in the stands, but he will bring some will. people in the stands. Yeah, he, and will. he could help foster love for the game when you're watching somebody like that. Like Miguel Cabrera, for me, made me fall in love with the game because I was watching one of the best to ever do it, and I didn't even know it yet. Uh, yeah. Like Mike Trout being able to do his little tour now around the whole country is great because it's good for baseball. Because anytime you say, oh, I have tickets to the Angels game tonight, yes, people are going to say I'm seeing Otani, but they're going to say I'm seeing Otani and Trout. You know, like that, that, that's the most exciting thing. Uh, so I am glad about that a little sidebar, but uh, finally uh, more people will be able to see trout. Hopefully we can see him in the playoffs. Hopefully we can see him in the playoffs, but what you will see top 10 starting pitchers tomorrow, top 10 relievers, or I don't know, it's going to be a combination of one of those things. Either tomorrow you're going to see top 10 starting pitchers or top 10 relievers. We're doing to all top tens this week, people. You can find all of the articles about the top tens on justbaseball.com. You can check us out all the clips on TikTok, on Instagram at justbaseballfans. And of course, give us a follow on Twitter at justbbmedia. We're putting out so many highlights. Ethan Badowski, our guy, is killing it on Twitter, putting out every single highlight of every single play to keep you up to date on the day. I find myself, like if I missed a game or if I missed some highlights, like I just scroll through my Twitter. I'm like, all right, I feel like like I figured out the entire day. I, I love it. I'm really excited about that. And the other thing I'm really pumped about on our editorial side is if you miss the day in baseball and you want to catch some of the biggest moments, we are every morning, we have an article on just baseball.com, which is all of the best moments, all of the best plays are put into an article. Uh, and we have the highlights all under there, basically last night in review with all of the best highlights and a little bit of an explainer of what the context was and some data or whatever background info. It's been really well received so far. And I think everybody that's a baseball fan that obviously you can't keep up every single day. Great way to catch up on some of the notable plays and exciting things that you might have missed. And if you have any questions about the list, you have any baseball questions in general, hop in the chalkboard. The link is in our episode description. It is basically a baseball group chat. Think about it as Discord, except more sports related, more betting related. We're talking baseball all day long and chalkboard. Arm, is there anything else that we have to talk about before we say goodbye? Uh, any questions, concerns, or and specifically frustration with the list, please direct that at Jack McMullen. Um, and he's Jack happy McMullen. to answer whatever angry, uh, whatever angry bits you have to, for him, because ultimately he was the one that made any decision that you hate. Agreed. Agreed. We made all the decisions that you like. Jack made all the decisions that you do not like. His Twitter is in there. Send him all the hate DMs. Send us some positive DMs. Helps our self-esteem. And and Jack is all big time now. You know, he's going to be in a a big league booth within a year. He feeds off of it. You're helping him. I'm helping him. And you know what? I'm not going to keep helping him anymore, but I do love the man. With that, thank you, everybody. 